Hi, I'm Laurie. Hey, I'm Phil. And welcome back to Flix and Film with Laurie and Phil. Many apologies for uh, a couple of weeks' wait. I was ill. Phil's son was ill. My wife had to self-isolate. You had to self-isolate. No, it's my wife. My wife had to self-isolate as well. Sorry, We've... you're right. Your wife did. Yeah, it's been a it's been a treacherous road, but here we are recording another episode of fun and films and Phoebe. Feeve what? It just needed to make <laughs> sure it fitted in the alliteration, you know. It's really impressive stuff. You know, this is really weird. I've changed the position of my um, my office again, so now I'm, I can already hear more reverb, which is a problem. But the thing I'm promoting most of all is that I've got more light on my face. Look how light orange my beard looks, Phil. What's happened to my beard? <laughs> it's always looked that orange, my friend. Uh, trust me, as somebody really? with a big bushy beard that is frequently commented upon, my beard is so ginger that people call yeah. me ginger. And having grown up for like, well, 30 years now, not yeah. being a ginger person, I find it quite unsettling to suddenly be called ginger. Yeah. I've, There's nothing I, wrong with it. I've got orange sandy hair, blonde you know? hair. San- sandy blonde, but... In America, you could call yourself a red-haired film. Um, <laughs> and that's there's all kinds of wonderful associations that come with that. You could be like Mara Jade from Star Wars. <laughs> Red just, hair, the coolest character. Just to be very clear, nothing <laughs> against ginger people at all. I don't mind right. being associated with that brand. It's more the fact that I've, I've never had to acknowledge myself as that sort of person. And now people tell me I am. They just it's see not, the beard. Stop saying sort of person. It's just your hair colour, man. <laughs> okay, we need to move on. Moving right. On. Okay. Well, um, but because it's been a couple of weeks, we've got a bumper uh, edition, really. And for whatever reason, it's a Now TV special. I got. Well, I know what the reason for me. It's because I got an offer of um, Now TV. What two pounds for two months? So I dove, dove, David dived straight in um, to take advantage of that. And I have therefore seen the flight attendant starring Kaylee Cuoco, Riviera. Uh, starring Julia Stiles. I also watched the Friends reunion, which is worth just dipping into. Forgot to mention that, Phil. Um, and a few other things. But what have you been up to? Well, I've also seen the Friends reunion. I've also seen Flight mm. Attendant upon your recommendation. Uh. A little bit mm-hmm. of a spoiler there. I've also watched yeah. Luca, the new Pixar film, uh, the kids' film that was, for some unknown reason, released uh, free of charge to Disney's great customers. Uh, and so I took advantage of that. I've watched it uh, twice now, in fact. And so really? I'm about it was that. quite interesting, wasn't it, that it got re- uh, released in that way? I'm quite intrigued to hear what you say because I showed my kids the trailer thinking, we'll watch this for family movie night and they instantly said no and we ended up watching Monsters Inc. instead. Speaking of which, new one of those coming out. <gasps> oh really? That's you're gonna have yeah. to tell me more news. Tell me about that in a moment. But uh, now yes. there's too much to say. We've got because <laughs> well, I've also got my jam- audiobook story thing. <laughs> that's a jam packed episode. So rather than over promising <laughs> and undelivering, let's yes. you know, do the opposite of that, whatever that is. Like, you don't mess with brand identity, Phil. When people get used to lots of promises and no follow through, that's what they expect week by week. Um <laughs> should we get on with the show? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, it's a Luca, it's Italian, a Pixar, uh, and that's the sort oh of the tone of the movie, so let's uh, do oh, it, it a really? bit like this. No, it's not quite that bad, but I have watched Luca, <laughs> and... <laughs> so many problems with that, wow. And as uh, I said, I've watched it a couple times now, actually. I similarly fell into, not the trap, but uh, the, the honey trapper with actual honey at the bottom of saying, oh, this will be a fun thing to watch, it's free, I don't have to pay £3,000 just to access it for two days or something, whatever mm. the Disney plan is, but... But um, I was really shocked to see that this brand new Pixar film, uh, the first one after Soul, was released without any uh, real fanfare, I don't think, without any charges. And contrasting it to uh, what I saw most recently was Raya and the Last Dragon, which I refused to pay for. But when that came on free, I did watch it. Luca and Soul, all of that as a context of this film. It's an odd film, but I think there's lots to enjoy in it. Is it a good film? Hmm. I guess okay, we're going to have trailer? to find out. <laughs> Stop doing the Italian voice. I think I'm not going to, and there's a reason socially... why. There's a reason why. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Play the All trailer. Right, let, uh, let's do the trailer. Scopa. We can go anywhere. Do anything. We just got to stick together. We underdogs have to look out for each other, right? Underdogs. This is going to be the best summer ever. We'll ride down every road. See the whole world together. It'll be amazing. (laughs) But there's just one thing. (sighs) 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait. Did you see that? No one can find out. Please don't take my sunshine Where did you boys say you were from? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this, Phil. Mixed feelings. I can tell you my kids' response to this was they sort of giggled at some of the um, what looked like slapstick comedy that might be there. But generally they were freaked out by the appearance of the uh, undersea creatures and they thought, mm, not sure I want to watch that. I think they think they know what mermaids look like and that's not it. Mm, so I'm not sure they're going for the mermaid type of thing. They're sea monsters. And, well, right. And they have the uh, magical ability of being able to, when they're out of the water, become humans, just regular looking humans. And uh, it centres on two boys, Luca and Alberto, uh, voiced by Jacob Tremblay and Jack D- Dylan Grazer. Uh, and one of them luca the main character the titular character he's a bit of an afraidy cat afraidy cat um he and afraidy cat and afraidy cat yeah um mm-hmm. he doesn't really he kind of looks for adventure and excitement but he's terrified of going out the water but then alberto who is a friend he makes has seems to kind of live outside the water and kind of knows a bit about the world and is somebody who pulls him li- quite literally out of the water into the real world. And it's all about a summer spent in a Italian town, Porto Rosso, and uh, their adventures to try and explore. They, it, it's, it's an odd film because, I, and I think I probably hit on it right at the very beginning, because the characters are quite hard to pin down. I think Luca's a very odd lead for this film because you're not really sure what he wants. Um, and... I wonder if it's partly linked to the writer of this film and the director, who is Enrico Casarossa, uh, who wrote it and uh, he based it on his own sort of childhood as an Italian young man uh, who made a friend very much like Luca and Alberto and this friend who was much braver than him and much more adventurous and the kind of zany things they got up to. So it's rooted in a kind of real, realistic sort of friendship but as a Pixar movie, it normally they're very, very strong on the characterizations right at the front. You've got a very clear, this is who they are. They need to go through a change. They need to go through a journey. Classic sort of storytelling essentials. This film is very unusual because it doesn't really have that sort of thing. It's slightly... It ambles rather than runs towards anything. It it meanders and wobbles its way through a quite enjoyable little ride, but it doesn't have any of the stakes that you'd expect for Pixar films. Toy Story, Woody needs to get home. He needs to get home before there's the big move. Um, Marlin needs to find his son Nemo before who knows what happens to him. Monsters, Inc., they've got to get this baby back to the... There's not that sort of drive. In this film, the big thing they want to do is get a Vespa. No joke. No joke. <laughs> they want to get a Vespa because they've oh, idealised yeah. this Vespa as a way to access the wonders of the world. And if they happen to win a triathlon event in the town, they might just have enough money to then get a Vespa. A triathlon. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. this is what I mean. It's so it's such a bizarre um, mix of things. And I found myself enjoying it, but it's quite shallow, excuse the pun, Actually, I'm not going to excuse the pun because it's quite good. Um, <laughs> Laurie's just shook his head in disgust. It's fine. You just keep on going. <laughs> um, disgust. Just... It's, it's just quite a shallow but very nice, beautiful film. It reminded me of, um, do you know Woody Allen had that trend where he was doing a kind of tour of Europe with his films and half the, the sort of joy of the films was seeing these places. So Vicky, Christina, Barcelona, uh, Midnight in Paris... Oh, Woody Allen. For some reason, I completely thought you meant Woody Harrelson. I was like, I really don't remember that. I would quite like to see Woody Harrelson (laughs) do films in every country. Um, But yeah, he did From Rome with Love, which I absolutely loathe. But yes, I remember that series. But there's that sort of weird... He almost did these little vignette type classic films, but almost the city was a character in and of itself. I feel like this is their uh, Pixar's version of Italian life in a kind of small, quaint little port port town. The thing is, 
Oh, I've got too much. I've got things to say, but you keep going. Finish. Well, the one thing I'm going to say is that the reason why I was doing those stereotypical accents is one thing that bothered me throughout the entire film is that uh, they speak in their normal American accents, but then on occasion they go into full Italian and talk to each other in full Italian. By full Italian, do you mean joking like Italian accent? No, like they just speak Italian. Speak Italian, okay. To each other, like when they're trying to be extra polite or something or that, or they're talking to a neighbour or something like that, which is just completely like whatever. And I think while there's obviously love and affection for Italian culture and this sort of gentle seaside life, it does feel a little bit like just sort of Italian set dressing rather than it being kind of at the very core of the film and forming its identity. Now, Having said that, it's very enjoyable. It's an enjoyably nice story. It just doesn't have the stakes. It doesn't have the characterizations that really hook you in, which you expect from Pixar. But as an afternoon movie, I do think your kids would really love it because it is just very gentle. It's beautiful. Even with the weird design of the monsters? Yeah, but the thing is, they don't really spend that long with the monsters in the underwater world. It's sort of just the reason for them to be slightly awkward in the real world i think it's just a, a background okay. sort of thing it's almost like i could imagine this book this film as a storybook a kids book it's got that same sort of level of stakes you could imagine turning the pages and they've got to win this race at the end quite a similar sort of story as well yeah exactly slightly, totally. t- slightly twee okay. totally totally but i think there are some particularly good moments one thing i really loved was uh, they meet a girl called julietta whose dad is a a, a fisherman and he he looks fantastic great character design he's got one arm um he butchers fish in front of them he's right. a great cook yeah and he's just got this super intense italian brow with his almost non-existent eyes and a great gruff voice he's somebody who i really enjoyed in the film but i think overall i wonder what other people think did they enjoy the ride did they think it was up to pixar's best i think it's in some ways i enjoyed it more than soul and I'd watch it okay. more often than Soul, but a bit I, less ambitious than Soul, maybe. So yeah. was that, you know, okay. I think I think you can tell that this guy is the first time feature director, and he kind of didn't know how to pull all of his influences and make a kind of coherent, really gut punchy film um, that tugs on. Hit, normally, Pixar hits all those buttons really, really well. The comedy, the humor, the the kind of drama, the the tears. It, it doesn't really do that. Instead, it's very much like a day at the sort of a day on a seaside town, having a nice a gelato. It's or not a bad way for them. It feels like kind of an expanded shorts, right? How they used to start, um, like that love story between the mountains, whatever it was, uh, in front of one of the Pixar films. That's the famous one. I couldn't stand that. Um, but it sounds like that expanded into a film. I've got three immediate sort of thoughts on that. Number one is that, you you know, you talk about the culture, you feel like it sort of isn't really engaging or you don't really get it. It feels quite surface. I wonder whether there might be some link in with the fact that Italian American is a culture in and of itself in America. And so maybe there's just something that we can't access. We don't have that sort of background knowledge. You know what I mean? Because Italian Americans have their own culture that is still is linked to both America and Italy separately from those two places with their own distinct cultures. Would you agree with that? Um, um, you know. Yeah, I think this is very much trying to go for the Italian, not the Italian American, but no, no, no. Of- I know it is, but I wonder whether the reason you feel that it's shallow, like that's not at the heart of it, is because there's a different kind of link. Like Italian English isn't a thing, so we don't know what it's like to kind of have a foot properly into. Maybe I'm not explaining myself very well. No, I, just know, a I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think um, I, I, I'm curious to see what you think of it. Uh, the kind of only comparison I can think of is uh, Coco. And uh, right. in the trailer, even mentioned from the creators of Coco, that was obviously inspired by um, Latin America or Me- Mexican culture, Day of the Dead, Las Muertas or whatever. And um, I think... Coco had so much more it was so thorough throughout all of it everything was I mean there was a very emotional a, a weighty film though wasn't it that one that was a mm. lot to do with grief and and family ties whereas this one isn't that it's, it's funny because the way you describe the plot it makes me think that it it ought to star Julia Roberts and it ought to have been made 20 years ago because it's kind of an eat, pray, love, you know, going motorbiking in Spain sort of do you know what I mean? It seems like one of those films that's all about the kind of quirky trip where you discover something about life and yourself well, um, well, the funny which is thing really is, aimed at adults. Yeah. The, the one thing I'd say is they don't actually do the trip in the film. Instead, it's about them trying to get 
money so they can do the trip it's 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 so bizarre and it and yeah just everything even the villain in it who's kind of not really a villain um it's it's kind of fun and nice that um the director took quite a lot of inspiration from studio ghibli films um hence porto rosso porco rosso right um name of the town and you kind of get that same sort of atmosphere i think studio ghibli films often take that time to breathe and have those moments of quiet i think this film wants to kind of do that sort of vibe but it's a pixar film and so there's expectations there's probably people pushing the director to go more in the kind of classic pixar model way um but i really do think you should check it out especially because if you've got a disney plus account already you're not paying for it it's not like you're having to rent it or anything like that it's a very enjoyable hour and a half i'd say um but just not the same weight. Okay, well, we'll try it out, and I'm interested. You never know, maybe it marks a sort of shift. Maybe it's less marquee and more sort of um, TV film approach, that deliberately less ambitious, less grandiose. I personally would be happy with that, considering how you felt about Soul, which does not make me want to watch it. But very good. So general thumbs up or sort of middle? Uh, I'd say thumbs at just just above middle, just above middle. That's a terrible rating system (laughs) for an audio podcast. Absolutely fine. (laughs) You let us know. Flixandfilm at gmail.com, at Flixandfilm on Twitter. Do you agree with Phil, or did you find it more compelling or just a bit odd? Uh, I'm still troubled by the Italian accent, but (laughs) let's just leave that there. Right, well, time to talk about The Flight Attendant, which I think if you don't have Now TV, as I didn't until a few weeks ago, you might have completely missed, you know, you might have totally passed you by, I suspect. Quite a different prospect in America because, is it HBO? I can't remember. HBO Max. Yeah, HBO Max. That's right. So I think it's probably had a bit more market penetration over there. Um, But it stars Kaylee Cuoco, who, of course, is, uh, is it Penny? In The Big Bang Theory, massive yeah. recognisable star. Wasn't she in some kids' TV show before The Big Bang Theory? Eight even? simple rules for dating my there teenage daughter. So a, a a face that has almost always been on TV, very recognisable. And I must say, Phil, the reason I decided to check it out, I think she's always stuck in my mind as someone who, she's just quite a talent. Because although she plays roles that are, like in uh, The Big Bang Theory, it's not an ambitious role, is it? It's actually, in some ways, that show is really quite derivative and diminished in terms of what it tries to achieve but i just thought she brought a huge amount of charisma to it and she's quite unique because she's got this sort of i think she has potential for a lot of range um and i think directors are unafraid to let her be kind of wild and which is really good um because it showcases just a personality with so much energy and who is likely to surprise you and be as charming as they are rude, all this sort of stuff. So it's the, she's the reason I checked it out. The other reason I checked out the show was because I was really ill. I mean, I was really unwell, so I had all this time available to me <laughs> where I couldn't do any work. I was just sitting on a sofa with a blanket, just constantly chaining lemsips and all this sort of thing. So I thought, perfect yeah. time to test out a potential series and see whether you know it's going to be worth me and Jude investing in. What I did instead was watched it all um, over the space of two days um, because I found I couldn't stop watching it should we have a trailer or do you want to quickly chime in with something? Uh, let's put the true. Well, here's the thing. I went into the show completely blind just on. We were at our, our nephew's birthday party having a lovely right. time. And uh, Laurie sided up to me and said, you know, you should you should check out this uh, show. I think you'd I like was so it. confident that you and your wife would enjoy it. Yeah. Well, so we, we kind of we took up the plunge and got the free trial or whatever it was. And um, yeah, I think it, there's 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 a good left turn that I did I went in completely blind I was like what is this is it a dramedy and then there's yeah. that sudden twist and the music for the show kicked in and I was like whoa yeah. and I looked at my wife and was just kind of like whoa here we go we're on for a, a different sort of ride than I thought I was on here we go it's a good phrase for it okay well let's hear the trailer and hopefully it'll give you a, a little a little slice of that action ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for flying with us So I have to ask. 
Why'd you clean it up? I... I don't know. Okay, uh... I just can't stop thinking how that guy in 3C died. The flight attendant, she knows more than she's saying. The FBI wanted information about you. I'm gonna keep digging. Do not do anything stupid. Did you bring me to 3C's funeral? Um, you were a suspect before, you sure as hell are now. How many drinks have you had today? I'm a crazy drunk flight attendant, not a killer. What did you get me involved with? I feel like I'm losing my mind. How do you think you're getting away with any of this? Oh, God. Yeah. So the funny thing about that is I think, I don't think a trailer can really capture the mood of this show. Do you agree with me, Phil? No, it's a hard one to pin down. And uh, I think it, 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 I think the show really rides a line that is the key to its success. That's what yes, I would say. I completely agree. It's one of these programs where in different stylistic hands and different a different cast as well, it would be much more sort of procedural and formulaic than it is. But there is something about the whole way that this is put together. I think the direction and the editing, for firstly, it's it's very playful with its subject matter. And the editing alone makes you feel quite breathless and anxious because you're following a character. Um, it's inter- quite interesting, actually, at the very opening, if you didn't pick it up from the trailer, we should say, um, uh, Kelly Cuoco plays a flight attendant who, for one reason or another, ends up being potentially a suspect for murder. She can't figure out why. We don't really know what's going on. We find out what's going on over the course of, I think, eight episodes, isn't it? The, yeah. the series. And she, the whole way through, is trying to figure out how to not get accused of murder while also trying to figure out what actually happened so that she can be out of the spotlight uh, and not be the person uh, accused of it. But it all starts with a meeting with Michelle Huisman, who's from The Age of Adeline, um, also from Game of Thrones, where he was the replacement of Daria Naharis, wasn't he? I think. Yeah. Um, but the key reason I bring all that up is that he's reading Crime and Punishment um, by Dostoevsky right at the beginning. And I don't know if you've ever read that book, Phil. Um, I started reading Crime and Punishment and put it down. I couldn't finish it because my experience of reading it was too intense. This show is a bit like reading Crime and Punishment. The nervy, what in the world is happening, stream of consciousness, thought process, making bad decisions, having panic attacks... That is a bit like Crime and Punishment. So there's no question in my mind that it was uh, quite inspired um, by that famous Russian novel. And it is. It's just that everything, every moment of the show, something feels like it's unraveling, whether it's a personal relationship or the crime plot, uh, Kaylee Cuoco's mental state. And yes, you already flagged up the music is a massive part of that, right? Yeah, the music for me was uh, when the intro music kicked in, it was just it's like Catch Me If You Can's music, but for the modern generation um yeah and quite a lot and, of pop songs in there as well and yeah, yeah, also yeah. not the music from the trailer just to be clear yeah not the music from the trailer but it's sort of that it's kind of got a jazzy kind of funky style to it but also this heart rate that i can't keep up with it made me anxious yeah. listening to it every single time and I, I i echo what you said watching it i i found it it's a frantic show uh because kaylee cuoco is that how you say her name um I think, okay, yeah. I think I think she does a great job of conveying that mix of emotions of what is going on, how on earth am I going to get through this, what should I do, ah, and like processing it. Um, the show does do quite a lot of that, putting her headspace on screen um, through the device of having the 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 murder victim speak to her, which I found it was it was clever, but equally I'm not sure. I loved that aspect of it all the time. I think it is quite an exhausting program and I don't know how you managed to well we watched it pretty rapidly but I think watching it was Man, really was stressful. Like trust that's why well that's why it's cuz I like I was just done otherwise you're right it would have been too tiring <laughs> too tiring to do it. Um but it's just like you're right it asks you to accept a lot of um stylistic quirks sort of storytelling devices there's almost a bit of magic realism in the way that the murder victim pops up and speaks to her as if that's actually happening it's kind of inside her mind but not really it plays with time in that kind of way um 
I just thought I was surprised constantly. I like the characterizations. I think one extra thing I wanted to uh, to add, and part of the reason I thought it'd be great to talk about and to recommend to you guys, is that during the first episode, I was kind of scanning some IMDb reviews um, because occasionally you get a temperature test from those. And if it, you agree with them in the first 20 minutes, you can save yourself some time and not bother with it. And this is one of the ones where there's a lot of one-star reviews and um, with people saying, oh, I just can't get on board with it. Why, for example, why does she keep seeing the murder victim and talking to him? That doesn't make any sense. Or why does she drink so much? I'm really worried about her liver. Surely she'd die. Why is she so promiscuous and all this sort of stuff? And unusually, I really utterly, utterly disagree with those negative reviews. Um, and I think you need to watch the first two or three episodes to really get a feel for how the series evolves. Because would you agree with me? I don't think it raises a single issue that it doesn't later confront so it and that's kind of one of the fun things about it is it presents this kind of carefree nuts sort of lifestyle at the beginning and then every single element of that um is sort of accosted and i thought the relationship with her best friend for example um who i kind of think almost stole the show even from katie cuoco um and that is zosia mamet who plays her lawyer friend who sort of helps her while she's trying to deal with this um, i thought that re relationship or dynamic was just kind of cool i was interested and i thought she was brilliant in the show um, yeah, just try and ignore the negative reviews. It will win you over, but you need to be ready for a pretty bumpy ride. Yeah, and I think um, you're right in that it does cover everything that it sets up. It's not one of those ones which just kind of ignores what she's like as a character, and it's a thorough exactly. exploration of what she is as a character. Um, there is an element of it with, of Girl on the Train, um, and okay. I think... Uh, something which frustrated me with the show just to kind of give a, a slight I don't know caveat to all of this because I did enjoy the show overall I find it quite frustrating as a device when the only thing that's sort of holding up the plot is memory I think that's a, a kind of frustrating element that I really didn't like with Girl on the Train is the just they decide when to drip feed the next bit of memory I think there's right. enough of the actual sort of mystery and discovery legitimate discovery that it i i it stayed on the right side of the line of, for that of that for me but there it is, is an pretty element cunning about when the revelations come in isn't it no you're you're dead right about that and it would be annoying if it just came down to she was so drunk she can't remember but watch her gradually remember um there's there's a lot more to it than that and the incidental characters all of them actually end up being way more interesting than you thought because it's not just about her um even though she's massively dominates the screen time you don't have to like her and relate to her to appreciate the film. Did you? You said there's a couple of twists. Did you see them all coming or not? Um, don't tell us what they are. One or two of them I saw from episode two, I think, or episode one even. Right. Um, yeah. And I was chuffed with myself. I think there's always that's always kind of an, uh, actually a tick against the show. If you've got any mysteries and some of the people, you can spot some of them coming. That's that shows good writing and good direction because they put the seeds in. You need to have yeah. if if it comes out of so left field that nobody could have guessed it. I don't think that's satisfying storytelling. Really good okay. twisters. Actually, sometimes you can guess a couple of the twists ahead of time. I didn't guess all of them. I guess some of them. Um, and uh, I I. I, even saying I guessed them there was a couple of times where I was like oh I'm sure this is definitely going to be what it is and I was completely wrong but I suggested yeah, yeah, about exactly, five different too. things that could have been possible and then one of them happened to be right it was sort of I half guessed them I think I, I yeah I'm with you on that one there's one particular one that I think most people will see coming from a long way off and it and actually becomes less about figuring out the twist and more about when uh, it's going to land I'll tell mm. you off air Phil <laughs> which one I'm thinking of and um, I also want to shout out I, I'll just say again I think the supporting cast is unusually strong for a program which is massively about its kind of central character. I think one thing I mentioned as well is flashbacks to her childhood. Um, I was less keen on that on the whole because I think it ran the risk of tying things up a bit too neatly and past a certain point you just think, oh, forget the flashbacks, just show me the whole thing. Stop showing me flashes of a, a traumatic past and instead just show me the thing and then we can understand it. And that plays into what you're talking about. Um, but I also want to flag up... Um, Michelle Gomez, who plays Miranda uh, in the show. Really good character, I thought, and just kind of fun and playful and handled well. So there's a, there's an awful lot to, to enjoy. It's a nervy, weird ride, but it's definitely worth a free trial on Now TV to check it out. Um, even if you think you're not going to like it based on her character, ignore that. Try and power through two or three episodes and see where it takes you. Um, did your wife like it? That's the key question. Ah, she, I think she did. Yeah, she was more keen on it than I was. And was uh, she? Okay. She she loves those sorts of shows. I think it's kind of a, acknowledged as a bit of a, a 
uh, a generalization now that quite often um, women are fans of the murder mystery in general. It seems. Is that and, oh well? You mean you're thinking of Gone Girl and Girl on the Train and that? No, sort no, of no. Stuff. But like just not in, Gone Girl. What's what I'm thinking of? Anyway, but like there, there's been like a huge spike in interest in true crime and uh, serial killers right. and all yeah. sorts. And then she loves Poirot and all those sort of things. And I think this is kind of yeah. the modern equivalent of those sorts of shows. Um, kind of a mystery but also quite a quite an endearingly flawed main character to lead it all. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, Phil? This ties back to something you suggested a while ago where we had to, you called it a wife-off, which is the worst name ever. Did but I? But so far I'm winning because I recommended something. <laughs> I was so confident uh, that Ellie would like it, and here we go. Well, yes, you've Top won so far. Yeah, one up. <laughs> yeah, 15 love. You'll turn next. You'll oh, turn gosh. next. It's stressful, man. I know. Well, I've got something quickly for you. It's been something I've been sort of uh, teasing for quite a long time. Um, but Audible, you talk about Audible a lot. Your world of Audible is like really interesting biographies and uh, fascinating insights into real life. And mine is Peppa Pig and uh, Miffy <laughs> and uh, occasionally like the Avengers of Sub Magic Chair or whatever. Because the kids like to listen to stories. It helps them stop complaining and asking whether we're there yet, that right. sort of thing. <laughs> but something I've really noticed about Peppa Pig, the audiobook, um, you know, without sounding too pretentious about it, but once you've done a bit of uh, radio and voice work and pre-records, like podcasts as well, yeah. you start to hear certain things a bit differently. And so I can't help thinking about what it was like to make the Peppa Pig audiobook, right? <laughs> okay. The key thing is they use a lot of voices. They use all the voices from the TV show, including the narrator. And they don't actually stray very far from the Peppa Pig books. And so the narrator's job, in a Peppa Pig audiobooks uh, has started to really make me laugh. And it's one of those things that once you hear it, you won't be able to unhear it. So I'm about to spoil the Peppa Pig audio series. For I think you. I can live with that. Yeah. Well, I hope you, I hope so. And think about it this way I'm going to play you like a supercut now of a Peppa Pig story, an entire Peppa Pig episode um, that's only um, something like five minutes long in total. This supercut is about a minute. So sorry, it's quite long, too long for a joke, really, but there you go. And um, the question that you want you to ask yourself is, A, what's happening? See if you can tell me the story. B, would you want this job or not? You ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. Asks Daddy Pig, replies Mummy Pig. Shouts Mr. Bull, says Mr. Bull, says Mummy Pig. Shouts Mr. Bull, cries George. Cries everyone, says Senior Goat, says Pepper, says Senior Goat, says Mummy Pig, says Gabriella Goat, says Daddy Pig, says Mummy Pig. Gabriella says, laughs Pepper, shouts everyone, sighs Mummy Pig, says Mummy Pig, says Daddy Pig, says Policeman Otter, shouts Pepper, says Mummy Pig, shouts Daddy Pig, says Daddy Pig, says Policeman Otter, giggles Pepper, says Susie Sheep, asks Susie, asks Pepper, complains Susie. Oh, there we go. There is an entire episode wow. of the Peppa Pig audiobook. That's impressively... Um, I Credit to that guy. That is a tough I know. job. I know. Well, so I, to be completely honest with you, I did edit out some more like interesting narration where he uh, describes a scene briefly. But his predominant job, that is almost a minute of audio in a five-minute story saying, says Daddy Pig. It's laughs the, it's everyone. The best one. There was one in the middle which was like shouts Peppa Pig. He gets like shouts a mini Peppa. laugh inside <laughs> the two words. Like I can't that's that's commitment to the performance there. That is impressive. It is impressive, isn't it? There you go. So like but like I say, that's one of those things where once you hear it, you're not gonna be able to unhear it. And I bet you it's the case for a lot of audiobooks that use a, a lot of spoken characters in the design. Someone's gotta be in that boost because they don't do the voices. They haven't hired the guys to do the voice of Peppa Pig and Daddy Pig. He just said, can you say it a different way? Says Daddy Pig. Says Peppa. Says like, Daddy and Pig. I, it makes me wonder where they got him, in, <laughs> got him in a booth and just said, yes, try and say it 10 different ways. And then says, Daddy Pig says, or laughs Peppa. Shouts Peppa. It's good, isn't it? It's, it's, what's impressive is there's a, kind of, there's a kind of cadence to it where the first one goes up and then it comes down and sort of resolves it all. You've got a lot of jobs to do in that. That's uh, right. That's right. Wow. And I, I just think about the money of it as well. Did I hire him for one day to do as many as he can <laughs> or, or on a per episode basis? You know, let us know. Uh, I've got more of these sort of stupid... I've got two more uh, audio gags, but I think I'll save them for another day. One of them is to do... Well, actually, I won't tell you. It's a surprise, but it's a pop song. <laughs> and the other one is a very famous Christmas song that I've completely ruined. So 
Uh, let's do that another day. I look forward to it. So no, no one told you life was gonna, gonna be, be this way. way. <laughs> I forgot about the Zoom delay. It dumps a joke, joke you broke. broke. You love life's DOA. I can't get up there. Um, so, your face so is I want to get your... No, no, stop, stop singing. Stop. Well done, that's good. Stop older. Your face doesn't move now. You've stopped being on TV. That's the problem. That's the real problem, but we're not supposed to say that kind of thing. Now look, um, I want to get your, um, I want to get your instantaneous reaction. If I say to you, Phil, you watched the Friends reunion, uh, and your reaction was this: I want to see more of them and less of James Corden. Oh, James Corden! Wow. Um, they should have put a warning. They should have put BBFC <laughs> for British audiences only. <laughs> includes James Corden. Uh, shocking. Uh, unannounced, immediate, full-screen James Corden. I cannot... How has the man done it? It's the, a lot of people really don't like James Corden. I don't have particularly strong feelings about him. It's the first time I've ever been genuinely offended to see someone appear. I thought, what are you doing there? How are you here? What have you to do with this? Get off my screen. I could tell you like, what... And the man, like as a British person, I feel like they maybe the Americans that pick up on the cues, he wasn't interested in it either. He was being a pro... And I couldn't stand it. He anyway, was he was the one who made it happen. He was the organizer. It was his production company, and they were the yeah. ones who brought it all together. And I think he just saw big big money bucks signs because who doesn't want to spend a bit more time with your friends? I think I just oh, I what was what was your overwhelming that. feeling then? You go go. Yeah right. So I. I'm, I thought this was an episode. <laughs> that was my initial reaction. We pressed play on it, and I thought, oh, we're going to watch them like years, years later, sort of redo the Friends thing. And then it was like uh, nearly two hours in or something where they say, yeah, I don't think we would ever do any more Friends because the story really ended. What am I watching this for? <laughs> I really wasn't prepared for it to be a big old reminiscathon. And when it opened with Ross Geller walking into the set being all emotional, I thought, I'm going to hate this. It's going to be a really like American emotional thing. But actually within, I was getting ready to skip forwards and Judith was like, no, don't do that. We're watching it. And she was right because I did warm up to it. And I did kind of feel a bit more emotional and, and interested in it than the I bits expected. that were really worth it were just when it was them sat down talking about being on the show and what it was yeah. like and um i feel like the writers got very little credit uh and do you think they did I they did. were on the screen though they were on the screen like some of them but i think the whole way of the i wanted to see more of the actual making of the show behind the scenes people what were they thinking why did they i, I in some ways these these actors they're so beloved as these characters you get their perspective on it which is kind of cool but really what you want to see is the sort of decisions and how they approached it all and how they put together the show that what I was would be interested in because it is a show that has had just generations of fans. It discovers new fans. Netflix has like said it's number one. Yeah, on, still. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous. Um, but the thing was, is the I the the bits that I found less interesting were when Lady Gaga decided to sing Smelly Cat and you're like that's I don't that's not there's not really anything to that like I did nothing it was and I think that was the thing it felt like there were some bits which were really great and I wish they could spend longer on it which was kind of like I don't know them just talking about what it was like to be in that show to do it for that long um, I would have loved them to be a bit more honest, maybe about the struggles of being on the, such a, such a successful show and trying to not be kind of that character forever. Um, I really did enjoy what was most interesting was watching them reperform. Oh, the table reads. The table reads because some of them, it was like, wow, they're really good actors and they yeah. they know how to just switch it on and become just TV, yeah. TV stars but then what was really interesting was not to be too mean but Jennifer Aniston really couldn't do it she couldn't do oh, it she didn't look like she wanted to do it it almost looked like she thought she'd left it behind to me yeah and uh, and well she just even even the way they were doing it was very odd um but there was one big revelation which i guess i'm curious what your which one you thought oh come on the possible I romance mean, it's actually it's actually quite sweet and they had that little really well chosen clip of them ending a scene and this is that ross and rachel the big story was yeah we liked each other but we never acted on it and nothing happened so it could all just be i mean i don't doubt that like they were like i i kind of thought on the one hand, it really makes me feel happy as a man who's not blessed with Hollywood looks 
Uh, because when we were watching Friends, it was going out. The big thing was, uh, Jennifer Aniston would never go out with David Schwimmer. That's what everyone <laughs> used to say. They even had an episode on Friends about it when he buys the sofa. And the sofa clerk is like, oh, she's yeah, really... I don't, I don't and see you're it. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> and yet, actually, when you saw those clips of them acting together, you realised that relationships are really not about meeting each other, like being the same level of attractiveness from an objective standpoint. They're about getting on as people um, and there being an attraction there. So I want to think it was a big revelation. Even James Corden had to get the crowd going for it, though, because the crowd were like, okay, that was 30 years ago. <laughs> Do you not think? I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I, I sort of blocked him out as much as possible. I quite enjoyed quite right. having the um, the guest stars back. And uh, and I think I think They didn't it's... get all of them, though. No tag, no Paul Rudd. Yeah, I was surprised no Paul Rudd because he was a big character or Hank Azaria. Was Hank Azaria there? I can't remember. Right. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't there. No, no. I got Gun uh, Gunther there. Oh, you know what? I discovered this is just because it was on the BBC News. He appeared via Zoom, didn't he? They even announced it as Zoom, which I thought was strange um, to talk to friends. I believe that's because he has cancer, man. It's really sad. Story came out recently that uh, it's been announced. So I wonder whether that's why he wasn't there. But I thought one thing I thought about the guests was that Janice... The actor who plays Janice, she's a star, isn't she? I thought she really earned her place there. Even Tom Selleck turning up, that was quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it, it, I was, of all shows to try and pull that off, I think it's the one show where I think it has that justification because it has been yeah. about, what, 20 years, 10 years at least since they did 30, it. 30, is it not? Like, because it was started in the early 90s, very nearly 30 years. Yeah, but in terms of the kind of finish date, I think it was like 2009 or something, was yeah, it? Yeah, the 30s are bigger number than 20. So. <laughs> okay, sorry. Just trying to make Apologies. it sound more impressive. <laughs> All right, James Corden, yeah. Um, Thanks, James. <laughs> but then I... Can we get a round of applause for these guys? They're so great. Who didn't like... Who loves Friends as much as me? <clears throat> Are we nearly done? Are we nearly done? <laughs> Ross, I mean, you must have really loved this. You, you must have really enjoyed playing Ross. Yeah. Jennifer, what was it like to be Rachel? <sighs> you had a Rachel haircut, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone loved you. Oh, I, can't, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, but the thing which it made it. me think of most uh, as I was watching it, did you happen to watch the Inbetweeners special that they did? No, I, w- I never really in- enjoyed the Inbetweeners. So I, 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 I think Inbetweeners was a, a decent show, and I think it hit um, the sort of crudeness of boys at school and that sort of desperation to be uh, getting getting together with girls and things like that. Um, but it that that was a car crash of a reunion. It was Jimmy Carr. Everyone thought it was going to be like a new episode, like Friends. You thought, but right, when you yeah. were watching it, it just nobody wanted to be there. And it was like this is not the caliber of show that deserves to have a special reunion event. It was was it like awful. a Christmas special thing? Yeah, as well? Exactly, it was like, New Year's know, Eve yeah. special, and uh, we watched it, and it was just dreadful it was dreadful so i think friends shame. by contrast has done very well with this and i think it is worth watching if you're a fan um yeah yeah who do you think came off best because I, I thought matt leblanc comes across as one of the guys he just seems really like happy and content in his life and i thought he seemed like the most likely to be genuinely charming in real life i thought oh. david swimmer came off quite well poor matthew perry look it, it looks like he's uh, battling all sorts of demons and he looked like a. Sh- I, to be honest, I thought he looked like a shell of um, himself. There, it was quite sad. Yeah. But I then think- I thought Lisa Kudrow. You and I are not fans of Phoebe the character. I thought she came across really well. I was just about to say Lisa Kudrow is the one who seems the warmest and um, funnest, and she slipped into character the best as well. I, it made me reappraise her skill. I, th- I, uh, I never Phoebe. had a problem with. her. I really like early Phoebe. It's later Phoebe when they decided to just make her mean for no reason. I don't understand yeah. it. I don't think that's charming, but for whatever reason, she got away with it. Whereas, uh, uh, yeah, I, it's funny. I think it's interesting. Some people hate Ross. Some people hate Phoebe. You know, some people. There's there's, there's somebody who will say they hate X character. I man, no matter what. I, I really, I really loved hearing them praise each other legitimately as well because you get used to it in PR interviews. The actors saying, "Oh, they're so great." But hearing um, Matt LeBlanc say, oh, he was with his daughter or whatever, and friends was on, he said, oh, let's see which one it was. And it was the leather pants one. And him saying to David, oh, you got to watch this. This is funny. You can just imagine how much even the rest of the cast would have seen that and thought, oh, he's really nailed that. Because he really nailed that episode. It's very hard to not at least find him funny, especially when he turns up without pants, <laughs> wearing a massive coat, and he's drawn a picture of it. 
His son's got a picture of him as a cowboy. I love, I love that. I, I honestly think it's one of those shows which it hits so much more than it misses. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think I think it deserves all the praise it gets. And I'm curious what other people thought of it. So do get a touch. I've got too much to say. You're trying to wrap up. And I, I want to say, what about the revelation? <laughs> what about the revelation that uh, the one about wearing all the clothes was filmed almost as live, like a sort of theatre play, and they did it to cut down budget and filming time. And yet then Joey dislocated his shoulder which meant they had to film the rest of it later yeah that's like, interesting uh, oh, i mean i knew about bottle episodes already and i, I sort of heard oh, about I'm that sure one did, lots of people so boring for you to talk no about, no it's it? not like that it's more just like i think i wanted more like insider things i wanted to know why they decided to put rachel and joey together later on in the seasons was that what did they think about that did they think it was a good you know i wish they could have been a bit more upfront and honest about some of the uh, Candid. Okay. the kind of bigger yeah. plot strokes that they made but um, it won't happen for the same reason you bring up. It's still big on Netflix, so maybe they don't want to bring anything up that could tarnish the kind of magic, because it must still true. be a decent earner. Very true, very true. Let's give a big round of applause to the cast. Aren't they just fantastic? They're so wonderful. I, I can't do an impression of him. He's so bo- I can't even... Can you do an of James Corden impression? Cara Delevingne in The Armadillo! That's very good. That's really... Yeah, that was... Justin Bieber as well. He loves the camera. That's a very good impression, Phil. You need to bring that one out more. <laughs> it was a terrible impression. All in all, I enjoyed it. It was nice to watch them watch the bloopers as well and laugh as much as we do at the bloopers. That was cool. If you can get the free trial, worth a look, but perhaps different from what you're expecting. Yeah. What did Judith think of it? Yeah, she enjoyed it. I think she found some things uh, more emotional than I did. I think she responds a bit more to that kind of broadcasting than I do. Cause I'm just a very cynical, annoying sort of person. The one moment which I genuinely thought was really good, um, which really I thought, oh, that's, yeah, that's kind of the sort of thing you want to hear, is... Um, they said that I think it was Matthew Perry who said if they're at a party or something and one of them one of the others is there, he'll just turn to whoever he's with and say, "I'm sorry, I'm not going to see you at all this evening. I'm going to go talk to. There's somebody special here. I'm going to just go talk to them." They and all agreed the, that was true as well. And they didn't spend they? the rest of the yeah. time just talking to their to their castmate, which I think is it kind of I don't know is it. it you like the idea that they got on well, and they obviously they must have done to doing ten seasons together. That's a, a lot of time and a lot of chunk of life to live together. Um, and yet they haven't all been together since then. That was no, the big thing, wasn't it? No, no. Mm. Interesting. So, listeners, if you uh, agree with Laurie and hate James Corden, do get in touch. I don't hate him. <laughs> just, I don't hate him. This I like this, I say, this the first time. Ended up being just the first time I've ever been genuinely angry to see him there. I experienced what a lot of people seem to experience on a regular basis. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> Flix and film at gmail.com at Flix and film on Twitter. All right, Phil, just a couple of things to quickly do before we round off the show. First off, um, just having been talking about Friends and David Schwimmer, there's a show called Intelligence also on Now TV, which I added to our watch list or whatever it was. Um, I was fascinated by it because it's created by and also starring Nick Mohammed, who was our one of our favourite characters from Ted Lasso, right? Mm. Um, and this is the basic premise is it's a British... Uh, Secret Service kind of espionage or intelligence agency and David Schwimmer is appointed as the new US liaison and he comes into the office and starts sort of throwing his weight around being very brash and uh, stereotypically American not accepting the boss and believing that he's the boss and all this sort of stuff I feel I switched it off within 10 minutes I couldn't I didn't laugh once and I found it painful painfully unfunny um, and just awful to watch and there was everyone in it seemed to be mishandling what they were given and i can't figure out what the problem is it makes me quite nervous because i thought nim mohammed was excellent in ted lasso but if he's the main man behind this then i don't i don't know that he's ready for primetime tv and this is when you've got david swimmer in it and it's on sky one i think it is mm. that's a serious proposition obviously a lot of people are, are believing in what you're doing but i i get the general impression is that uh, my opinion is the one that is prevalent and people don't people don't get it so I'm interested to know what you think, but that's when I switched off within 10 minutes, just couldn't cope, couldn't cope at all. Uh, there you go. That's that depressing thing. <laughs> but uh, on the other side, I, I, a bit more mixed as a show called Riviera starring Julia Stiles, very similar to the Kaylee Cuoco effect. I thought I haven't seen Julia Stiles in anything for ages. <laughs> and I think she's brilliant. She's got a lot of range as an actor as well. I thought she's OK in the Bourne Identity, but I thought quite underused. And I think they even realised that themselves, which is why they made her a love interest towards the end, which made no sense at all. Um, but she, do you agree with me on that? 
you're just sprinkling in so many random like extra thoughts. too many things you just go like oh Julia Stars Bolo Denji she was fine in Bolo Identity she was good in she was I think she had she was a through character that worked really well um, and that's I a think, bit underused I think. I think that's the secret to those those three film success but we'll talk about this another time uh, okay okay also amazing intentions I hate about you of course anyway I'm just saying this because that's the reason I thought I'll give this a go yeah, yeah, yeah. Riviera is a sort of family drama slash murder mystery slash kind of sleaze I guess you could call it show set on the French Riviera um, she is married to an absurdly wealthy guy called Constantine uh, who is played by Anthony LaPaglia, who is a name you might know if you've watched. There's a big show that he, a crime show that he starred in. I know him as Daphne's brother from Friends, <laughs> where he comes in with a terrible fake accent. But Not he's good Friends, in this. Frasier. No, um, Frasier, thank you, yeah. Um, but he is, he's a businessman who loves art. Fantastically wealthy, massive palace on the French Riviera. Julia Stiles is his second wife. He's divorced with some children who also live in this huge villa. And the main thing centres around art. He's a big art collector. She's his curator, became his wife. And then without any explanation, uh, a yacht that he is on, that his wife doesn't know he's on, blows up and he's presumed dead. And the question is, what? How did this yacht blow up? Was it murder? Was it an oil leak? Was it an accident? What's going to happen to his estate? All of a sudden, Interpol turn up because they're actually investigating uh, potential tax fraud and money laundering because it turns out that Constantine, this guy... Uh, is a registered resident in Monaco and because he died in Monaconian waters or whatever he doesn't owe any inheritance tax or anything like that and it's all about following these huge uh, piles of money alongside um, extraordinarily amazing works of art and Julia Stiles is right in the middle of it all trying to not only unravel this horrible sleazy plot about money and everything else and crime but also trying to figure out whether the man she thought she loved and the man she thought she knew was actually just a sleazebag criminal who was cheating on her, laundering money and lying to her about everything. It's her whole life founded on a lie. And there's some stuff in her past as well. Um, it's quite a slow show. It unravels at quite a sedate pace. And the sort of, I guess the main reason you'd watch it besides the cast, which is a good cast, is because it's set on the Riviera and it is clearly a plush production. Beautiful, incredible locations being filmed. Houses that you can't believe anyone would ever live in because they're so massive and ornate. Um, you know, parties filled with perhaps criminals slash oil barons, all this sort of stuff, massive yachts. You watch it for the the luxury while there's also a money slash crime mystery unravelling. Um, and June and I got quite hooked by it. We wanted to know what happened by the end. But it's one of these shows, it's now gone on for three series, that I think may have been slightly underwritten at the point of commission because a story that feels quite direct and on track and interesting becomes a weird kind of character story. And all the members of the family, uh, one of the sons is uh, the guy who plays Ramsay Bolton in Game of Thrones. You know, the really yeah. awful, yeah. Uh, sadistic He's guy. I can't remember his name. That's right. He's, he's pretty good, actually. He plays, all, he plays one of Constantine's sons, uh, that she's kind of become his adoptive mother, even though their ages are kind of close. He's kind of creepy and weird and interesting. Although it's interesting and you want to figure out what happens, like I say, it gets too bogged down in the characters and then becomes too sleazy and miserable. And people start doing things that seem completely absurd and disconnected with reality. There's no trust in law enforcement. Um, there are sort of tricks that they play to get away with things you can't really follow because you don't understand the law and the world that's involved. Uh, and ultimately, although they want to portray characters who gradually descend into doing things they never thought they would do you don't really buy it it feels a little bit more like all of a sudden people are doing crazy things and nuts things and especially the very final episode i felt like although i was glad to see the resolution of the mystery it made no sense and i thought i felt a little bit cheated you know how there are some shows which while they're good when you get to the end of the hour you feel a bit sordid or something mm. like well i don't feel very happy about anything and the world just seems miserable. Just bleak and miserable. Yeah. It's that kind of show. So I would, we, we're not going to, would you and I are not interested in watching seasons two and three. I think season one kind of burned us out, but I can't wholeheartedly not recommend it because it, it is kind of interesting and, and the locations are stunning. So there you have it. There you go. Riviera, Julia Stiles, 
And, Were you uh, about to ask me something there? No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. It's, it's <laughs> was it even worth saying that? It's Phil just kind of like losing his will to live. No, 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 it's not that. <laughs> it's more that you were like, you sounded so bleak about it all and uh, it, like it left a sour taste in your mouth. I guess, what do you think they were trying to go for when they made it? Well, like I said, I think, uh, I wonder whether it was underwritten at the start. I think the basic premise was, let's get these amazing stars, put them in the Riviera and investigate a yacht blowing up that may lead to stolen art or forged art or money laundering or the criminal underworld involving Russian secret services, that kind of thing. Mm. That just sounds like grade A. Yeah, absolutely. You put Julia Stiles in the middle of that, that's going to be, everyone's going to want to watch that. And I think that's probably how it started, as a plot-driven thing with strong characters. And what it became is character studies that lead the evolving narrative. Right. And you just lose the thread because all the sort of opening structure vanishes. And it's it's a net result of the kind of show that wants you to see corruption everywhere and lies everywhere and wheels within wheels. But if it results in the original structure completely vanishing, it's not very satisfying to watch because it's all that you've started. It's like being in a maze where you're trying to get to the end of the maze and then halfway through, they just start cutting down the hedges. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, <laughs> I can see the end, but like, that's not why I started in the maze. You know what I mean? This isn't why I paid for the ticket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so, a funny metaphor. I can't. we're in the maze. That's a great time. <laughs> oh, which, which way does it which, go? Which oh, go? Is it left, right, right or right oh, here? Oh, that's the end. That, oh, that's Demolished the end. it. <laughs> yeah, that's the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> still had fun on the bit at the entrance to the maze and i still ha- technically got to the end of it but uh it's not entirely satisfying so yeah okay i'm gonna give your metaphor a thumbs up though great metaphor thank you it's not bad is it i'll, I'll, I'll keep that one in mind for another time oh. uh, if you watch it you know I, I it still might be worth a go you'll probably know whether you want to watch it within the first couple of episodes and they're not that long uh so let us know flicks and film at gmail.com at flicks and film on twitter and just to say, if you're catching up with the show, lots of people seem to do this. They don't watch it necessarily the newest, most up-to-date episode. If you, Even if it's a previous episode, do let us know if you think we're right or wrong. Plus ones, minus ones. It's our little game. See who's on top. Um, do give us your agreements, disagreements, and your reasons why. And just, just generally get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Right, I'm pressing play on the outro. Bloop. Thanks for joining us at Fix and Film. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I was doing the whole, like, it's just, you know... Can I'm you... just trying to think what the theatre of the mind that you've created is. You're pressing play on what? A pre-recorded outro? Yeah, I was thought... You... Can we do it again? But this time, can you put, like, can you do, like, a like a play-recorded sound effect over my vocals? Is that possible to do? Or, like, a filter? What kind of filter? What you know, you like a tape-recorded like type voice? thing, like an automated voice thing. Like, uh... Play recording like... now. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Like, and uh, <laughs> is it worth it? Let's just say bye. <laughs> That's what I, I thought. We could just use it every time, and then we wouldn't have to go through the same. Uh, the you know, just get to the good bonusy stuff, and then press play on the outro. You know, that's what I was kind of thinking. I think I've got what you what you mean. So, right, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> it's really nice to have you with us again. Sorry for the delay, as Phil alluded to there. You know. In some ways, the fact that we've had a, a two-week gap is allowing you to catch up with the show. So, you know, do that and uh, and send in your thoughts. Film at gmail.com, at film on Twitter. Uh, anything in your sort of diary, watching diary for next time, Phil? Oh, that's a tricky question. Um, I have been watching uh, Loki. I can carry on watching that, so maybe I'll give an update on that in a few weeks' time. Also, I've been, uh, I've been pulled into giving The Clone Wars a go. Because oh really? Everyone, the series, ev- the series. Yeah. Sean Connery is series. Um, because everyone talks about how good it is, but uh, from what yeah. I'm gathering, the opening seasons are a bit of a slog, and then it kind of gets really good, and you got to watch it, and hence all these spin-offs and all this sort of stuff. So I am watching bad a children's kids You're show. trying to get ready for the bad match, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Trying to check it out, and um, so I might talk about that and whether or not it is actually worth your time. Um, there's some movies I want to see, um, but you know, it's just it's hard at the moment with the COVID. Hopefully when cinemas get kicked up again, movies will come mm. out. Apparently, I also want to talk about the the autumn of doom. You know, there's the group of death in the Euros, which we haven't talked yes. about at all, man. England's coming home, yeah. Yeah, uh, loving possibly. it. Tomorrow night, come on. Bring it on, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, t- group of death for f- films, basically, in the summer, in the autumn time, Competing winter Competing blockbusters. James Bond, Dune, loads of massive films have all coming out there. Like, it's like back to back to back to back of big movies that have all just... 
you think they're hoping that they'll persuade? You never know. It might come alongside some kind of special ticket that allows you to see them all and try and get people back into the habit. Of I, I wonder if they're cool. trying to kickstart it up again but it will be just a bounty and it will be dog eat dog as well because so i'm going to talk about excited that. for that yeah i want to go man i want to get into the cinema especially if the masks have come off then i'm up for it which might happen if you know restrictions ease and all that who knows but anyway that, that's all what about you what are you wanting to talk about in the coming weeks <laughs> i don't really have i kind oh, of what, you don't have it. anything i've you got my, bring well, that question got my big... like nothing but you got nothing yourself <laughs> but you answered it so brilliantly i knew you would um i've got a notepad filled with things that i've already watched and we still haven't talked about like the departed for example you still haven't dropped that off at my house man you've been round enough that you know come on no excuses left <laughs> yeah uh but i think do you know we were on season two of 24 and we did finish season one it's quite decent but too many episodes i found out because of that that it was originally supposed to be 13 episodes um, and the network loved it so much, they said, let's make it 24, which I think is why it feels quite drawn out. Um, so far in the second season, by episode two, a very ordinary nannying situation has turned into horrific domestic abuse. Oh, gosh. And like that's a pace of about 100 miles an hour. It went from absolutely zero to 100 instantly. <laughs> so like, it, I thought they maybe <laughs> had sorted out the pacing issues. But I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you how season two goes. Good surprises in the final episode of season one. So if you can remember any of the threads, man, try finishing it. It's on Disney+. Plus. Um, this is just uh, an extra bonus. <laughs> like, just oh, sorry. Too many reviews. It? It's like a mini episode. Oh, forget it. Okay. I don't have anything to, to tease for next week. You it all would you have you got a bonus or do you want to hear some of mine uh, i've got a very very tiny tiny bonus do it do it, do it, um, do it. i tried to type in rigmarole into um my phone the other day popped up yeah. with the uh, predicted yeah. text so somebody has gone through and decided that needs to be in their lexicon of, of words absolutely and it just made me chuckle thinking about all of the words that might somebody's had to program in as a possible entry an official spelling of rigmarole which I just enjoyed. It's probably tied into some sort of amazing, uh, regularly updated, like Google Docs spreadsheet or something. The <laughs> uh, rigmarole, yeah, well done. Because how would you it's spell? It's a weird spelling. Oh, I'll get it. You know, I, I think I'll get it right. Okay, go on. R-I-G-M-A-R-O-L-E. No, there's an A in there. Rigmarole. I said, oh, rigamarole, is it? Rigamarole. <laughs> rigamarole. Rigamarole. <laughs> is it rigamarole, though? Apparently, according to predictive text, that's the official spelling of rigmarole. Mm, I wouldn't have gone for that. Boulder Dash, I say. Type that in. <laughs> Boulder Dash. That's absolute Boulder Dash. That's a game. That'll be in there. I'll probably come out capitalised. It's a bit creepy when uh, sort of proprietary Apple-linked products are included in predictive text and they instantly capitalise it the exact way. I even find that a bit with YouTube because when you type YouTube. it in, it will, also, yeah. it will put the capital T in there, won't it? Um, they want you to get it right. Even They want you to apply the branding even in private messages. It's a bit much. <laughs> So I'll probably start putting a little registered trademark, <laughs> little icon. Yeah. Uh, next time. Um, very good. Uh, yeah. That's is that the uh, that the end of the bonus? Yes, that is the end of my very funny bonus. Yeah. Thanks for it's making it. It's a good sound. one. No, it was good. <laughs> there, it was Thanks very for good. killing out, just letting out all the no, air on that balloon. It was great. I mean, compared to last week's, you know, chocolate Ferris wheel, it didn't have quite the same, um, you know, long tail. Okay, let me read you out some of the ones <laughs> I've got. You give me a review you, on you my own me. bonus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, tell me which one of these you would like. Uh, is pop a real genre? Things you feel you haven't received enough credit for. Uh, Anti-folk, is it the worst genre ever? Checkouts are too realistic. What Check would you out, like? Checkouts are too realistic. Let's go with that. Well, that is today. So I went to the shops today, uh, bought uh, all four uh, Euro-related special flavours of Walker's Crisps. <laughs> uh, steak and ale pie. Oh, man. Sweet chilli and sour cream. I can't not do it. You are if you want to, If you want to get me... Merchand- I am. Merchandise. Merchandise. You cannot... Who, I've, who, got, I've got the best story ever you to are challenge your like the, pompous, pompous In the marketing attitude. research land, you, you are the per- They just slap your face on and think, how can we get this guy... How do we get this guy to buy this? No complaints. Rubbish. Do you know, sad, sad day. Only last week, my London 2012 oven gloves finally bit the dust. <laughs> you did not uh, buy oven gloves, did you actually? Oh, you were there, man. You were with me while I bought this stuff oh. and laughed at me, just as you're doing now. They have had 10 years of service. <laughs> like one of the fingers just I finally burned. Japan. Japan. I burnt my finger so badly on the grill. Um, <laughs> London 2012. Uh, oven no, you're so wrong about this. My, my daughter bought a doll based on one of the characters from a Butlin's stage show. And she brought that out the other day and instantly told me about the stage show and how she felt at the stage show. So that bit of merchandise has come, you know, 
bucketed with a memory for her. So I uh, I can't share your pompous, pompous Isn't attitude. Isn't that like the root of hoarding is like having too many attached memories to no, like No, I junk. love to throw rubbish away, but the stuff that has genuine like uh, significance and memory buy-in, I think you should hold on to. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I can't remember how we got there. Euro 2012. As I was buying my promotional package of crisps, sweet chilli sour cream, go for that one. The others are very bog standard. Um, they've changed the voiceover for the automated checkouts at Sainsbury's. And I realised, you know, we all mock the unexpected item in the bagging area, right? Everyone mocks how weird that voice is. And the, uh, what else do they say? Please scan the next item or that kind of thing. But you, it's not until you hear a voice that is too real that you realise the value oh. in that uh, automated voice. Because now the suit, the Sainsbury's checkout lady said, would you like your receipt? I know, exactly I was going like to talk that. about this. I was going to record Were you really? It. Yes, because I've noticed <laughs> it too. <laughs> They're so bad, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's like, terrible. Would you like a receipt? Are you okay? Would you like your receipt? It's exactly like <laughs> a, an actual cashier would say it. Are you okay? They've really nailed it. It's horrible. <laughs> I can't deal with it. And it made me realise how much I like that. Hello. Would you like your receipt? It's, I prefer that. you got to put the, the robots in their place, one. man. You don't want too authentic. It's just too caring. Like, it's just yeah. a receipt. Yeah, yeah. It's like, would you like a would receipt? Would you like your receipt? Are you okay? I'm glad you, I'm glad you experienced <laughs> this because it was a real shocker Freaked to me, me out, today. Man. I heard it a couple of times. Freaked I went me back out. for the crisps, so I had to experience it twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm glad you feel the same way as me on that one. So bring back the robots. That's what I say. Cheesy robots. Then you know where you stand. So let's get, let's get your read on. Uh, you, 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 there was a brief stint where you were thinking of possibly being a voiceover man um well i still i mean that it's kind of i have you know whatever. i have a voice that people love for they just want to hear it so what can i say <laughs> so what's your read be do the sainsbury's list of uh, do you want me to do it emotionally or no like i want you robot? to do it i want you to do friendly but distant so i probably use like hello welcome to sainsbury's self-checkout please place your next item in the bagging area <laughs> the bagging area bit was rubbish <laughs> Uh, uh, I would love to hear the outtakes of these recordings on the play on the machine. <laughs> like, oh, let's do that one again. Do that again. I'll do that one again. They did that in some games. You get voice actors saying, "Let me read that again." Um, as part of the uh, the line read, too much audio. Uh, what else do they say? Would you like a receipt? Oh, that's quite or, aggressive. Too aggressive. Do, please do, press. Uh, would you like a receipt? No, I'm not doing it like that. <laughs> did you were you there when Eminem did uh, Ant and Deck? Ant and Deck. All right, wow. do you... Uh, Please place your item in the bag in area. <laughs> Can't do their voice. Could you do <laughs> Professor <laughs> Lupin asking if you want to receive? Oh, Lupin. Um, I'm trying to... I need to get into the Lupin mindset. All I can say for him is, would you like some chocolate? Uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, what does he sound like? Uh, we don't need to hear it. That's what he says, isn't it? <laughs> for the bogget. We don't need to hear it. Uh, so what is it? Uh, oh, no, come on. Give me a line that he does. I can't get into the mindset. He's too whispery. He wouldn't have the required sort of gravitas. What's the line that he says? Uh, has it occurred to you that in this map, no, in Sirius Black, Black's hands, this map is a map to you? Place your item in the bagging area. <laughs> there you go. No one's enjoying this. I'm film. enjoying it. You're, enjoying you're it. laughing. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Everyone time. else is like, what is going I on? I think everyone's going to be listening, trying to think of what Remus Lupin would say. If he was the, uh, the professor, the voice. you do a Lupin impression. Oh, I'm not very good at impressions. Um, well, I know what it's we all should about. Have, it's all about we should tell with uh, what's his name, Clark, and things. Would you like a receipt? See if space and all the me's in space. That's very good. Your shopping is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Would you like a receipt? <laughs> <laughs> He's my favourite guy in the world. I there love him. That's the winner. That's the winner. George Clark to Mears and Spears. and Spears. Sandra, would you like Spears. a receipt? Uh, oh, George's shirt. Oh, I love it. <laughs> we need to stop talking, man. We've lost it. I'm too hot in this yeah. room. That's what's happening. Have it's a lovely so week, hot, listeners. Man. Apologies for rambling and rambling and rambling. Bye-bye. Au revoir.